0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ken Fallon and this is another episode of Hacker Public Radio. Today I'm going to be talking about fail-safe security. Now, when I use the term fail-safe you're probably going to jump to the marketing term of that Ken is now going to supply me with a computer that's completely safe. And no, I'm not doing that. I'm what I'm talking about here is fail-safe in the strictly engineering term. Some examples that you might have of Failing safe would be a the dead man switch on a train to prevent runaway trains if the driver has a heart attack or becomes unconscious for some reason. That the train will stop if the button or the foot pedal is pressed in five or ten minutes. The train will essentially uh, automatically stop, even on trucks and trains as well. If there's a failure in the brake system the hydraulic or the um, pneumatic brake system and air leaks or oil leaks they by default the brakes will automatically apply that's failing safe if you ever wondered why in the old movies the doors of the cars open the other way uh, so you know they opened the hinge was at your shoulder and you could step out obviously if you if you do that it's easier to get in and out of the car The problem with that is if you leave your car door ajar and you drive off, then the wind will catch the door and the door will come flying off and whack somebody in the head. So to make the system safer, they have implemented a system where the door, where the door opens on your side and you have to open the door fully that way when you drive off and the wind catches the door, it will fail into a safe um, mode of operation, i.e. it'll close. Now, right there we have introduced a little bit of inconvenience for a huge gain in safety and this is what i want to do to you now is talk about a system with a little bit more inconvenience to you but with a lot more safety now by default computer systems have been shipped with a whole go of ports open and a whole go of additional services and by ports it's that it comes from the french word meaning door or entrance so essentially you have a a system with a whole of doors that are open and listening now you may put uh, somebody at each door but the best option i believe is to shut all the doors so that there are no doors accessible from the outside and the only way that you can get in is in response to a request that goes out so when you build a system first thing that you should do before you put it on the internet ideally download your ISO and take it off the network install it and then you can look at the amount of services that are running how you can do that is you run the command netstat space minus a and that stands for all the processes um, and you want the numeric versions of them as opposed to uh, saying SMTP or whatever you want to get the port numbers and the dash p is it shows the process that started up. So, for instance, if you get an Apache server running, you'll see 0.0.0.0, colon uh, 80. And then beside that, it will say etc in a d slash Apache or HTTP d, something like that. That will allow you to identify what services are running on what ports. The first time you do that you might be alarmed at the number of services so have a look through and see what services you can and should disable now it's handy to have another computer on the internet that you can go look up some of these if you don't know don't be too panicked about it but there are quite a number of services that can be turned off top of my list is upmp which is a protocol designed to make it easier to configure your network yes insofar that your computer can then go and open up a port in the firewall to allow traffic in now i don't know about you but i don't like to give that ability to any program so say for example my P- one of my pcs get hijacked then that can go and configure my firewall naturally i turn off UPnP everywhere and you should do that on your uh, pc as well uh, i also turn off avahi because i don't see any reason for computers to know what other services are running on other computers I know what services are running on all computers because I'm the admin okay but enough about that rant ideally what you want to do is go into the system uh, and see what services are running and see if you can turn off as many as you possibly can then you can go and edit the files etc forward slash host deny and etc forward slash host allow and the one you're most going to be interested in is the host.deny. And in there, you're going to put in all colon all. And what that will do will is deny all protocols from everywhere. And in your host.allow file, you will remove anything that's, um, or comment out at least anything that's allowed coming in. And what that does is it says nobody's allowed in, and there are no exceptions to allow people in. You should also set up an IP tables script to block all ports, all incoming ports and only established connections going out. And what an established connection is, is you have requested a piece of information and you're only allowing that in. So for instance, the door is shut to all purveyors of goods, except for the pizza guy who is delivering you the pizza that you've just ordered. There will be some... Additional notes in the show notes giving you some start-off points on how to do all this stuff now if you do need to Allow ports in and out you have to ask yourself. What is the risk now for most people running a laptop or running a desktop computer? there is no need to uh, allow any ports coming in because all traffic should be originating from you out you should not advertise any additional services because that is just waving a big flag. Hey, everybody, I've got this system over here and just keep a lookout. and as soon as it becomes vulnerable, you can attack it because I'm broadcasting on the network what it is. No, don't do that. Keep everything shut and don't allow anybody to do anything onto your computer. If you do need to do stuff, it's amazing what you can get away with by just running everything over SSH. Say, for example, you want to test a web server out. What you can do is install Apache and configure Apache to run and listen only on localhost. And localhost, when you do a netstat, you will see it operating on 127.0.0.1, or .2.3.4.5, or whatever. But 127.0.0, and that means that's a that's a localhost, and that's not accessible from the outside. But if you do an SSH in, you can then SSH to port 80 on localhost by doing a a port forward so that's ideal for that sort of thing you might consider running SSH on a non-standard port now in over the last period of time I've seen a marked increase in the number of attempts to connect to SSH uh, on port 22 and I switched it over to another port and I was surprised to find additional attacks on that other port after a week or two. So the guy obviously knew that the port was open and then is did a full Nessus scan or some scan and found out that it was listening on another port and attempted to brute force attack on that side. And what you'll see in your log files is first of all, uh, thousands of attempts to uh, connect as a route. And you will then see uh, attempts to connect at knowing common usernames. So my advice is absolutely imperative that you disable root access from the SSH uh, config, and there'll be uh, information in the show notes obviously as to how to do that. But I would also suggest disabling anything, any access, except uh, from users connecting with SSH keys, pre pre shared public and private keys. Now, if you absolutely must have SSH and you must have it open to the world, what I would suggest is limited limit SSH so that well, first of all, you're going to need to edit your /etc/hosts.allow file and have the line SSHD: colon all. But rather than have it open to the entire internet, what you can do in there is you can list certain IP addresses that are friendly IP addresses. So, for instance if you need to connect in from work or if you need to connect in from your parents' PC or your family or some other PC, if you're only ever connecting to your home PC from known machines on the internet, it makes absolutely no sense to have all IP addresses open. Why not restrict it to a certain number of IP addresses? And even if you don't know what IP addresses that are, they, they're going to be, Uh, What you can do is restrict it to subnets, so if you've got a mobile phone connection with some phone provider and their IP address range is this for the mobile phone, then you can put in that IP address range so that you know I will allow connections in from that network, but at least you're restricting it to that network, so the potential hacker or cracker will be restricted to that network. There is a script called denyhost, it'll be in the show notes, uh, which you can run that goes through your log files and adds the IP addresses of um, machines that have been attacking your network. The only problem is it doesn't, it's not real time. There are some real time scripts that will go and uh, modify your IP tables so that uh, they are blocking IP addresses that are trying to connect. But I think if you can restrict it to known hosts, you're, you're in a far better situation. Again, as I mentioned in a previous show, LogWatch, in episode 431, I give you a rundown on a tool that would send you an email with information about your system. And not only does it include disk and temperatures and stuff, but it will also give you a rundown of who's been connecting to your system, what they've been doing, and failed login attempts. That is... Uh, basically that once you have that done you can then connect to the internet I recommend on the local LAN assigning machines static IP addresses if you have a network and you've got only a small number of machines you should set it up so that it gets a static IP address that way on the other machines you can specify static IP addresses and MAC addresses from which they can come in on your local network, do not trust any machines. In fact, do not trust any machines anywhere with anything. Assume that all other machines are also uh, vulnerable and under attack. If you need to expose files, for instance, uh, to a, from a central media server to a playout player, there is no reason why... The playout device needs write access to all your stuff. If they're only going to be playing MP3s, for instance, so make sure that that share is um, a restricted to the fixed IP address of the device that's connecting, and also that they only have read access to those uh, things. Review your log files is the key here. Ideally, you would also want to have a full-blown firewall with independent logs not only are you logging what's going in but what's going out but that's beyond the scope of what I'm trying to do here what I'm trying to do is give you an overview of things that you can immediately do to make your machine more secure and less vulnerable to fail into a safe into a safe uh, state or to operate in a safe state this isn't all that we can do but it's a it's a good start Don't forget to change your root password. Don't forget to change user passwords. Don't forget that if you are going on the internet, try and use a bog standard browser like Dillo or uh, one text only mode that gets rid of a lot of the crud. If you must browse with a full web 2.0 browser, use Firefox with the no script plugin and flash block not only will this make browsing a lot faster it will give you a sense of where scripts are being run from It will give you an additional layer of security yes there will be an additional layer a little bit of inconvenience but that's a lot better than the other option of your machine getting pwned the point here is that Linux machines can no longer be assumed to be not a target Linux machines have always been a target. The only thing is that Linux admins up until now have been reasonably well-informed staff members who run machines in big, in big server farms or whatever. We're beginning to set up machines that are maybe not as by default secure as they could be. So I hope this helps. Again, have a look in the show notes. There will be uh, links to additional information in there. With that, I will close the show. Thank you very much. Tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.